Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. Warning, mass consumption may cause a brain freeze. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, Crypto Adam. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Crypto Adam. But before we start talking to Adam, let's grab that crypto news from the Crypto Gym. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to a Crypto Currency News and a Flash with the Crypto Gent. Binance partners with Chinese SOE for blockchain in supply chain, and Binance also resumes trading after an intensive upgrade. 31 US firms just dodged a major Bitcoin ransomware attack. That's the Crypto Currency News in a Flash with the Crypto Gent. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, Crypto Gent. Well, Mitch, today's a little different, a little bit rushed trying to get here to the podcast and try to collect my shit into one sock because I shit you not, I get home from the gas station like five minutes before we're supposed to start, realize my laptop is dead, and then I left <laughs> my charger at work last night uh, while I was there putting up new access points. So oh no. here I am at my fresh workstation. Scrambling. Dude, it's it's not a normal day at all. I mean, barbershops fucking open for God's sakes here in Michigan. I got my hair cut. <laughs> I see that. I mean, I look like freaking Sasquatch by the time this came around, you know? <laughs> my wife is going to hook me up with that this afternoon or this evening, I guess now. It's already six o'clock. Jesus. Talk about awkward getting your hair cut and having to wear a mask. <laughs> that was weird. That would make it difficult to cut hair. Well, you know, they, I have one of the masks where the straps go over the ears. Mm. Instead of around the head, so yeah. But still, when I, get, I guess it's not as bad. You just no. have really long sideburns. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just perpetual sideburns. I'm That's like, the one so I guess beard trims are out of the question then, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, they say no you're supposed trim. to trim your beard for the mask. I don't know. You're not supposed to really have one. You're just supposed to trim your own beard, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to be great. You know, the quarantine <laughs> haircuts were a wonderful thing. I wish there were more photos of it. We'll get into that eventually. Maybe we should start a photo gallery of quarantine haircuts, but let's not start business plans. We're going to fail at life at this point. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, let's get this podcast started. I'm looking forward to talking to Adam. This is going to be fun. He's been floating around crypto Twitter for quite a while now. Kind of recently stumbled across his, actually looked at his profile and realized he was changing for Ninja Warrior, which I don't know if you know what that is, but I've been... And I haven't recently, but I used to watch Ninja Warrior, like the, the actual Japanese one, all the fucking time. Oh, like yeah. I knew the names of all the, like, the three guys or whatever that actually made it and won. And I don't know. I, there's probably a bunch more, but I'm excited. I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, and then, of course, crypto. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. So well, we got plenty to talk there's about. There's lots to talk about. So without further ado, Adam, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, lovely to be here. Um, really enjoying your mask-shaped beard, Mitch. It looks great. <laughs> Thanks. And those sideburns. <laughs> no, I don't have sideburns. No. All right, so before we get too deep into everything else, how did you get into crypto in the first place, and what got you hooked when you found it? So not sure if you can tell by my accent, but I am 100% red-blooded American. I've never left the country. Um, I, I was going to say, like, Virginia. <laughs> I get that Virginia accent a little I bit. Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. Texas, yeah. <laughs> um, I did spend a little bit of time in Australia, though, and that's where a lot of my money is. Um, and so trying to buy stuff in America, um, trying to get my money across from Australia to America has been a huge headache. Uh, Not only is there like crazy international fees, but uh, for some of the bigger purchases, they actually wanted me to fly back to Australia to actually sign and authorize my own, you know, basically me getting my own money. Oh my Um, God. And I must have spent like, like, I don't know, I think it was like, I think it totaled like 11 hours on the phone to various banks and financial institutions in Australia trying to get my own money. And like, obviously, I understand the security aspect and all that sort of stuff. But we're in the digital age. There's no way that I should have to fly to Australia. And so eventually I did get the money that I needed, but it was like in really small amounts you know, day by day by day. And when you're trying to buy stuff, like that's not so easy. Um, so yeah, I started looking for other better ways um, and happened across, uh, happened upon crypto, which, you know, like 
when you're sitting in the same room as someone and it takes like four days to get the money like between your two US banks, or you can send money to someone in Venezuela in three seconds with crypto, like you start to see, you know, the huge benefits to using crypto. Um, and yeah, it's just, it kind of annoyed me how, um, you know, basically I couldn't get access to my own money and that sucks. So obviously it's time to be my own bank. Financial independence is the way of the future. There's so much going on and so many things happening, whether it's the evolution of technology or some of the issues we're running into, like you described with the banks, not being able to keep up with the digital world. It's, it's just honestly, you're almost too late if you're not into digital payments at some point in time within the next five years, right? Like you've, you've got to get your mindset. You've got to be, you've got to start at least looking at blockchain, I guess, is where I'm going with this. There's so many pieces that are going to fall into place. And if you don't at least have an idea that this exists, you're going to be left behind, you know? You know, it's, it's funny going back even just a few years ago, you know, I kept hearing, Oh, blockchain that, you know, that's never going to pan out to anything and blah, blah, blah. And you know, this is all a big bubble and a big scam and, you know, Ponzi scheme and all this other crap I've heard about crypto. And the longer I'm in it, the more I just like to rub it right in their face. You know, the people that <laughs> it's just like, whatever, dude. I, hey, I'll tell you what, you try and take out $20,000 and I'll take out 20,000. Let's see who gets it first. Right. Right, <laughs> right. Or send it across, send it, send it overseas or send it to somebody else. Yeah. You know, I've, um, I've recently started my own little project. So I built a website that, um, where people can like post photos and then other people can tip them. And so it's using XRP at the moment, but I'll, I'll want to expand that out. But in creating that website, I've had to pay like some people like, you know, to get a logo and stuff through PayPal. And it's just amazing. Like how long it takes to get like, you know, money from your bank account into PayPal and then there's fees and then there's international transactions and then they get it and they, then they have to put in their bank versus mm-hmm. like, crypto three seconds you know it's just it's yeah. just not comparable like you know the the network fees are like zero 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 twelve xrp or something like it's just such a tiny amount like there's no one controlling it um yeah and i think as people continue to get deplatformed from various you know youtube and whatever people are going to look for for more decentralized um solutions Absolutely. And we're going to keep building additional layers on top of the existing solutions. So, you know, you talk about uh, how long it takes to send money with PayPal and it's, you know, just even using a bank account, if you went to go withdraw $10,000 or more, I don't know what the cutoff is, you know, over there, but it's it's 10,000 and you got to do paperwork, right? And it's like with Bitcoin, you could just send 10 million if you wanted to with the click of a button. And it's exactly as easy as sending $10. Right. You know, it's amazing. And that's, you start, you actually see, a lot of people say, well, you can easily lose all your money or this guy accidentally spent $3 million on transaction fees. And I'm like, yeah, he did. But that's a testament to how well it fucking works. Right. You know, we just need to build another <laughs> layer on top of it to help people from fucking themselves. Right, so, right. Yeah. And it is like Big it is red caution signs or something. Right. Right. Are you yeah, sure? Exactly. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> um, with, my, with my little website, I've been trying to like introduce crypto to people who have never really even heard of blockchain. And so like having those very initial conversations that I haven't had for years has been really interesting. Um, people kind of arguing with me. It's like, well, I never pay fees for like Venmo or Cash App or PayPal. It's like, yeah, maybe you're not doing... Maybe you're not paying attention. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, right, there's right. Fees. fees. Trust me, I've used PayPal right. and Venmo and Cash App and everything. And there's, I mean, you there's can get fee. away or you can get around the fees with PayPal if you accept okay. payments as a gift. But then now you just are at the will of the person and you're totally screwed. I mean, that's the same with Bitcoin, but now you have all the disadvantages and none of the advantage, you know, you just take it as a gift and now you've got none of the third party mediation, any of that kind yeah. of stuff. You're just totally yeah. shit out of luck. And I kind of wonder if there will be companies that start to do like crypto credit cards and stuff. Like I've got a debit oh, yeah, card. Um, but yeah, I think if you can basically get the same protections that like Amex offers, where, you know, they'll refund your money and all that sort of stuff. Like if you can get that in crypto, then I'm pretty sure credit cards are dead. Everything that we need, all the pieces already exist. Right. You know, it's just a matter of putting them together with the people that have the power to do so, which they're just not ready for it yet. 
understandably because the volatility is such a huge thing to deal with right now you have to deal with yeah. trying to lock in prices at transactions when you're trans, you know, cause you can't directly spend the Bitcoin cause none of the major payment processors accept it. So if there was a company, let's just say Visa wanted to allow you to spend Bitcoin with your credit card, they're still going to have to convert it to a dollar to the dollar and then pay that merchant with dollars, you know? So you have to, when you make that transaction, they have to lock it at the price. And then if it varies between now and then, the customer still gets that locked price, but they get the shorts into the stick. And so yeah. they don't want to get in on that because of the volatility. But as, as it grows and as we reach a larger market cap, because let's face it, it's big, but it's still a tiny market cap as far as assets go. And once we get there, we start to see better stability, less volatility, and then it's much easier to use as a payment. Then the major payment processors start to pick it up, which means that all the major retailers have it and it's built into your little credit card deal. So yeah, probably won't ever be like a crypto debit card, but we're just going to start getting more and more QR code or NFC or other types of payment methods built in that you can use Bitcoin with or other cryptos. The crypto.com or the crypto.com credit card. Yes, that's the one I've got. I was you know, I've got the debit a, card. Right, a debit card. I mean, yeah. you, you still load it with Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And then when you spend it, it transacts just like a visa would. And then yeah, they, they take the Bitcoin. So it's already here in that regard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like those parts exist, but you're still converting it to the dollar. You're not directly transacting in tokens or coins. And that, and so that, that depends that. on the vendor though, right? It, it depends does, on the vendor because some vendors take it directly. Right. But very few. Right. And that's what I mean. You know, moving towards mass adoption, that's when the major payment processors start taking it. And sure. when, and when those, processors start accepting it that means that it integrates with all the companies that are already using that payment process but i thought the whole idea was to get away from visa yeah that's what i was gonna well, say that's what i was saying like, we're know. not talking about visa <laughs> visa is not the payment speaking, processor speaking of that I, adam i gotta ask you about xrp man all right, right. so we're we we pride ourselves on being a pretty non-biased podcast right sure. we're open yep. to all uh currencies and crypto for the most part um explain to me or us why you feel that XRP is a viable solution for transacting with. Um, and as long I, as worth, I still like XRP. <laughs> I like the yeah. transactability of it, yeah. but you know, just the centralization of it and the fact that it's still considered a banker's coin and we're trying to get away from the banks. That's the only thing that bothers me because they cater to the banks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's completely fair enough. I don't like, like you, I don't really have a lot of bias. Um, I probably got into crypto, you know, like after buying like some Bitcoin and some Ethereum and Litecoin and all that sort of stuff, I actually found myself in Steam and now, which is now Hive, which is, you know, a social media platform where you can post content and then you get these Hive tokens. Um, and basically they create, you know, amount of value that they distribute each day. Um, and that's, that's a three second, uh, you know, there's no transaction fees. It, takes three seconds to get from me to you. And so kind of from that base, and that's where I spent a lot of my time in the last couple of years, um, the transition to XRP or, you know, I guess including XRP into my life uh, was, was pretty easy. Um, and I don't know, XRP is kind of, it's a curious little thing. Like um, the validators are all volunteers. They don't get paid for their work. Um, and so, I don't know. It's kind of that that love of the network and and companies that want the network to be stable need to have their own validators, um, and it's super quick. There's no fees, um, and so you know we might get to a point where uh, retailers um, might find that that solves their cash flow problems. So at the moment, like if you go to a store and you put purchase something and you do it with your Amex. It might take the retailer four or five days to actually get their money from Amex. Um, where you know, compare that to the three seconds, then you know that's uh, that's that's a bit of an upgrade. And so, um, obviously, Ripple has a huge amount of XRP, um, and they have distributed to uh, various foundations and companies to try and get it out in, you know, into the hands of the people. Um, the actual validators aren't really run by Ripple. They're run by uh, lots of other people and different companies. So from the actual validator point of view, it's not centralized. 
Um, but yeah, obviously Ripple has a ton of it. Um, but I actually don't mind that too much because hanging out with like Steam and Hive, uh, like Hive is probably the most decentralized token out there. It's completely community-based. There's lots of people with lots of interest in it. Um, but that also means that it's slow to make decisions. Um, it's hard to get the actual blockchain updated. Um, and so, you know, sometimes when you have that centralized uh, company, uh, things can run a little bit faster. And, you know, if they go off the rails and are terrible, we can all just jump into some other coin because there's plenty of competitors. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, look, I don't mind it, but like, if it's terrible, then I'll go do something else. Like, it's not, it's not a big deal. Right. The way I look at XRP is it's, it's really a different use case, right? I mean, yeah. the primary use case of XRP is a, a large scale payment or uh, money transferring agent, really, rather than small payments. You know, it's, it's best yeah. used for when bank A wants to transfer $20 million to bank B, either next door or Australia to America, right? I mean, whatever. That's what yeah. it's for. It's kind of designed, it's got to be centralized, but at the same time, XRP as a coin is not centralized. <clears throat> it's just currently Correct. got a little bit of centralized control based strictly on Ripple's current holdings of the coin. Uh, as you say, the validators are, are a decentralized group of users. It is decentralized for the most part from a consensus standpoint, not near as much so as Bitcoin, but it's still definitely a decentralized technology the ledger itself is decentralized and that's the important part. However, until their holdings significantly decrease, they have significant amount of leverage on that in a number of ways, but just kind of like the same way DAOs work, right? You have to, you have to migrate to a decentralized situation. I think Ripple is kind of similar in that aspect where, you know, Ripple's tokens are being sold to major users, right? They're actually using their token. They're selling those tokens so that the bank can now have 25 billion XRP in their wallet so that when they need to transfer their customers money, they take in that customer's cash. They already have the XRP on hand so that they can then send that $20 million across to the other country without yeah. having to go to Binance and buy $20 million in XRP or, you know, that's, that's part of it. And as they continue selling to those, those large customers, eventually that level of decentralization increases because they have lower and lower holdings over time. Yeah. The XRP becomes a tool. It becomes an IOU rather than a currency for the banks. Right. So why is the price so stagnant? Honestly, I don't look at XRP as an investment. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like it will rise in value indirectly because of its utility, but I consider XRP a utility token. Okay. So fair enough. I like it from the aspect that it solves a problem, a very centralized right. problem, but it solves that problem. Sure. Yeah. And so the, the reason I used it for my little website is so that if someone wants to send someone a tip, um, basically I don't have to deal with their keys or their crypto or anything. I send it, I basically send the request off. Um, and then it takes three seconds and then I get back the confirmation that payment has been mm -hmm. received. So I don't have to touch anyone's crypto. All I'm doing is just linking two parties. Right. Um, and it's yeah, done it's cool three for seconds. That too. Tips, yeah. tips are fun on XRP for sure. The yeah, XRP so tip bot, uh, Vitsa Vin came yeah. on our show a while back and oh, nice. we had, we had fun talking to him about some of the stuff he's developed. And if anything, he's a great example that XRP has a lot of potential from the development side. He's built a lot of applications that have nothing to do with Ripple as a company that function on the XRP platform. Right. Um, and, you know, XRP has had, you know, developments to the blockchain that haven't been, that haven't come from Ripple. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there is that kind of decentralization. And my website is actually using um, SUM, which is X-U-M-M, -M, uh, as the payment tool. So, yeah, I mean, and he just made that super easy to plug into. Like, we basically just send an API to his thing, and then he sends it back. That's it. Awesome. Yeah, so good. He's very smart. All right, so let's talk about the Ninja Warriors thing. Sure. So, obviously, there's a difference between Suzuki and American yes. Ninja Warrior, but it's still cool as shit. So, how did that <laughs> come to be? 
did you like watch the show and then just decide that you had to become an, a ninja warrior or have you always been kind of in the fitness slash uh, extreme sports world no i've been in i've been in it i've just been <laughs> a desk jockey <laughs> um no so really like kind of similar to you basically um oh so really what happened was i spent all my time working in it and then i'd come home and play play games and pretty much uh, got um RSI in my hands and elbows from spending all my time on computers. Um, so that meant that I had to spend less time on computers. And so I started watching TV and Suzuki was like the thing that really caught my attention. Um, and so I downloaded, you know, 14 seasons of this Japanese amazing it's show. It's addicting, man. Oh, it's craziness. And once you start to like kind of get to know like the the individuals, like you get really excited. Uh -huh. And it's like they come back and you're like, oh my god, it's like, the garbage can guy or the gas station man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um and like the Japanese one, like it didn't have like any prize money. It was just people just joined in because it was fun and ridiculous. Or the glory. Um, the glory. <laughs> and so eventually I found the American version. Um and that was obviously far more produced. Uh, a lot more slick, but it is a really fun show to watch. And I think, honestly, it's going to be like one of the most wholesome TV shows in the world. Like, it's one of those shows that appeals to all age groups. It's just, it's all different types of people trying to do obstacles. Like, I don't know, it's very, it's really fun yeah, and great. ridiculous. Mitch, have you ever watched Ninja Warrior? Yeah. yeah, actually, I have back it, in the day. But on, on an audio only podcast. There was a, there, yeah, right. I was trying to find the mute button. There was, a, there was another one. Um, it was like Ninja Warrior, but it was, uh, they had to battle for position, and there was, you know, all these, what the hell was it called? Um, I mean, this... Sorry, like these, they had these now. defenders, right? So you were trying to oh, gladiators. gladiators. Yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, American yes. gladiator. American yeah, gladiator. Like I, like I loved that as a kid as well. And obviously, we had like the Australian version. Yeah. Um, and they became like little superstars. There's actually yeah. a, a new show on Hulu called Ultimate Tag that is actually really similar to Gladiators. It's got like essentially gladiators just trying to like tag these people who are running around this little course. Um, and that's ridiculous fun as well to watch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I have been on Australian Ninja Warrior. Um, I competed and got to the semifinals. Nice. Um, and that was super cool. My first run was like 1.30 in the morning. And I think my second run was like four o'clock in the morning because oh, like geez. it's always at night. So mm -hmm. then they start filming at like 9 p.m. And so, you know, getting through 200 people or whatever it is uh, means that you are, you're running at these crazy times that are good for television. But it was probably like one of the most fun moments in my life. Like to have cool. like whole crowds like chant your name and get so excited when you like pass one obstacle to the next is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but like training for it is crazy hard because, you know, you've got to have good balance. You've got to have good grip strength. You've got to you know, be able to jump really far. You've got to, um, you know, be able to pull yourself up and throw yourself around. So like training for this thing is so, so hard because you just have to be good at everything. And, you know, my upper body strength was pretty good. And, you know, I'd done lots of rock climbing and stuff, but uh, the first time I went out was on a balance obstacle. So just because they suck and that's why they're there. Like you can't just be good at one thing. Um, and yeah it's always interesting to see like the rock liners go out on the balance things and um the parkour guys go out on like the strength things and the acrobats go out on everything like yeah it's it's ridiculous <laughs> uh i've always wanted to run the the japanese course just the first level just for funsies you know yeah, I, I don't think yeah, i'd yeah. make it past the first like you know where you hop left and right on the little things but i feel like if i made it past that the one thing that would absolutely do me in is the rolling logs i'd never be able to yes. hold on and my lack of amazing grip, probably. Yeah, it's no way in hell. I'd be so but like, But that spins really quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is force is not your yes, friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the jumping spider. I want to try the jumping spider. Yeah, that, that does a lot of people. I think, like, so there are lots and lots of like ninja gyms around the world now. Um, and obviously in the US. So you can, you can go around. There's lots of competitions. So you can go to local competitions. They wouldn't let me in the door. 
No, they, they try to be like, you're not, you don't belong here. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get hurt. We don't want to pay for the insurance. <laughs> you're a liability. <laughs> exactly. Damn it. So yeah, I've, I've been in some of the local competitions and a lot of them can be harder than the, than the actual TV shows because they're jerks. Because they can. Just for funsies. Um, Oops, yeah. that, that wall is an extra two feet higher. Right. Yes, that, there that is ledge that. for your fingers is about an inch smaller. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, but during the uh, during the pandemic, I've uh, been receiving a couple of very sad emails of Ninja Warrior gyms closing permanently. Um, and you know that's a tough business. Like they do really well when it's kids' birthday season, but not so well when no one can touch any of their obstacles. Yeah, and nobody can have birthdays. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of cuts right. that out. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous little hobby. And we, you know, I'd lived in Australia all my life. Um, and then all our friends started having kids. So it was like, oh, now's a good time to have adventures. Um, and the US was actually kind of the easiest place to go to in terms of like work visas and stuff. Um, yeah. And then once we landed here, my partner was like, uh, so your next mission is to get onto American Ninja Warrior. So that's what I'm training for now. Nice. Good so, luck with that, man. Where Where Thanks. in the U.S. are you? Are you? Uh, are, are you uh, I'm in right the Pacific now? Northwest. I'm okay. Forty. All right. Forty minutes outside of Portland, Oregon. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on all this crap going down in Seattle right now? The the, oh, chairs, the, the yeah. yeah. Did you Did I you see they I put out really a list know of, much about it? They put out a list of demands that they want water and food and a bunch of other stuff and oh, it's like. What, so what have they done? They've cordoned off an area and said, like, no police? Or is it they more basically than that? took over six blocks. Yeah, um, including that blocks, if I recall, I think there's a police precinct as well. Right. And I think, so I don't have great knowledge on it, but my understanding is that initially they wanted, they claimed that they wanted to secede, and then at some point they realized that that was going to be bad. <laughs> and so they said, actually, we're not here to secede. This is, we're just staging a long-term protest, more or less. So, so, but, so kind of like, like the Occupy Wall Street type thing. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's sort of like that. And it's so I'm all for, you know, like make your statement and, you know, say what needs to be said and make sure people hear you and make sure people see you. And that's that's cool. But it, it kind of gets laughable when, you know, like you say, you, if you if you say you're not trying to secede and then you start making demands and requesting assistance from the people that you're protesting is confusing. <laughs> Right. And, and so, I mean, there's a big problem. I totally see that. And, and I'm glad that somebody's doing something about it. I honestly am. And I know that there's some bad shit that's coming out of this too, but honestly, I think, I think positive change is going to happen. There's actually, this is the first time that a protest has actually caused real difference. People are actually writing legislation to try and reform police departments and try to find better ways to handle some of these problems. So I think there's some good stuff going to come out of it, but there's also some of it, you know, that's might be a little, little extreme and, and kind of laughable at some point. So um, I mean, if you want to, if you want to try to take over the city and secede and, and, and become a new country, then have at it, but do it a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of say it as a pendulum. And so like, sometimes you do have to swing hard the other way to kind mm -hmm. of get to that balance point. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a teenager, you know, when he says, I want to move out and you say, fine, move out. And he grabs his, grabs his sleeping bag and he grabs his tent and he moves out to the backyard. And then like two days later, he's like, can, can I come back home? <laughs> no, you moved out. Remember? You moved out. You're done. I don't give a shit if you're 11. Shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Boy, do you run out of peanut butter? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, to be an adult, right? Yeah. Right. Can I try I know, to do that like, now? I'm going to tell my wife that I'm moving out into the backyard just for fun. Yeah, right, good luck with that. She won't believe me. She'll be like, yeah, bullshit. Uh, I mean, she'd probably be pretty thrilled. Okay right? with like, it, like, right? Cool. Honestly, got the, got I don't the house know. to myself. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She, she would actually, because I mean, she might miss me a little week, bit, but so, yeah. she wouldn't miss my messes. I guarantee that much. Uh, it'd be I'm like a, a vacation for her. Oh, you're leaving? <laughs> She just like starfish on the bed, just so excited to have all the oh, space. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I would still somehow mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about art. I've been yeah. actually starting my blockchain art collection, if you will, recently. 
started collecting some nifties and piling up a few things that I've seen on Twitter. And uh, so I noticed that you're into doing pixel art. Have you actually started making NFTs or you just... So I was literally going to start this week. So I only just found that you can, um, I think it's called Pixel Chain, and you can create pixel art that sits exactly like on the Ethereum network, like as one of the blocks. So I'm really curious to try that. Um, but no, I haven't created uh, any FT, uh, NFTs myself. I do have like, you know, a bunch of stuff from just various things. Um, so, but yeah, I haven't created any myself. Um, I'm keen to. When you do, let me know and I'll buy a piece from you. <laughs> Not kidding. For one trillion <laughs> Ethereum. One trillion Ethereum. How about one <laughs> 1,000 XRP? I don't even know how much that is. That's like a lot of money. Think, <laughs> that's like 500 uh, No, that's so like 200 and... No. 190 bucks? I don't know. Right. 185 I, right I retract my five, offer. Five to a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> 10, yeah. 10 X up eight. I'll take it for 10. Yeah, right. Well, eventually, um, they're going to be 589 yeah. I'm told, so... Right, yeah. $589, yeah. yes. That's what I've been told. Actually, yeah. we were once told 10000 so, so I enjoy that one better. But The math works <laughs> out, I'm telling you. It, yeah, the math is perfect. <laughs> all we have to do is take over all of the countries in the world, take all of right. their money, print more money, and then print more money, and then print more money, and then buy all the XRP, and we'll be all right. It'll be fine. $10,000 um, XRP right around the corner. Yeah, look, I really struggle. Like, I know lots of people buy crypto for investment, but I just... I just, I can't get excited by that. Like I don't, I just don't care enough about price movement. Like if I have something that happens to go up, that's great. But I'm far more excited about like, let's try and make stuff that normal platforms can't do. You know, let's make better things. Um, If it, you know, uses blockchain in the background, that's amazing. If it doesn't, whatever. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like all, all the people that do technical analysis, like I just... I couldn't imagine spending all my time uh, drawing lines on a, on a graph. I don't know. I mean, the green candles are pretty exciting once in a while, but yeah, it's sure. there's something about writing code <laughs> and seeing that code run on something that's being run on everybody's computer. Right. I mean, there's some really cool shit and you start playing with it that you're like, man, what have I been doing with my life up until two years ago? <laughs> Why did I spend it on all these spreadsheets? God, um, fucking spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, look, and I like blockchain technology is incredible. Like, just the, like, I, we don't even know the capacity for this. Like, I'm really excited with the concept of people trading like electricity from like solar farms and stuff between like neighbors and stuff. Like, that could be really cool. Like, you know, I think for a lot of blockchain technology, like, the only limit is imagination, really. Like, it's, it's going to be really exciting to see where we are in five years and 10 years. Um, yeah, I just, who knows? Who knows what we're going to find? It's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Well, you know, I mean, this kind of goes to our listeners, too. If you're hearing this podcast, the world didn't end this coming Sunday. But, you know, <laughs> according to the Mayan calendar, something's supposed to end this Sunday. And Again, oh, I thought that was over. We, no, we they miscalculated. So, you know, based on this year or that year or whatever it was, whatever calendar they were using to calculate it, they've so recalculated. It's actually 2020. It's 2020. And it's June, and it's actually this coming Sunday. I don't like hearing that because literally, when all this shit started, we were like, "Fuck, the Mayans screwed up, didn't they? They wasn't supposed to be 2012. <laughs> it was supposed to be 2020. And now you're telling me that they really miscalculated. Yeah, and it was actually 2020. Yeah, the world's gonna so end. It's, it's supposed to be this Sunday that it's that, that we're all gonna be either obliviated or or maybe communism will end. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, right? Who knows? Maybe the Chaz will get overthrown. Watch, What's is that? Is anyone gonna watch the uh, John Cusack 2020 movie where he's just running from like different stuff on every single different day? I think I've seen that. I have not it's seen gonna that. Be, no, it doesn't exist yet. Um, like you know, he was. He was oh, in. I this was like some YouTube surely... thing that somebody made. No, no, no. We, Damn we're going to need. Get me excited. <laughs> we're going to need a 2020 movie with John Cusack. I'm oh, sure. because there, yeah. he was. What was that one he was in? I don't know. He's always running from stuff in movies. I know, right? It, it's, <laughs> I thought it was. Just, I, I thought it was that was what you were talking about, but I got the I got the title wrong. I missed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gone. I think. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be a hard movie to, to, to follow. Be like, wait, so 
Is it World War Three? No. Is there Australian fires? No. There's pandemic? No. There's murder hornets? No. There's protests? I can't <laughs> right. follow this movie. It's going to be it's one of those movies where like, you guys try to put too much into one movie. Like, no, right, really, right. Really, we actually cut shit out. <laughs> yeah, right. This was 2020, I'm telling you. <laughs> and they've got, if, if Sunday's the end, they've got exactly, what, six days, seven days to yeah. make it. Somebody better I, get on, come on. I swear, come on, I get a kick out of this shit. I mean, it, it's kind of like you look at everything that's happened this year. And you're like, what the fuck is next? Yeah. Seriously, what's next? Yeah. What, what, what could possibly happen next? And I, I'm afraid to ask that. I just did. <laughs> I've asked that like six times this year. And it just keeps getting, well, like, what the fuck? Last year, see, last year was the was total opposite. The last, straw. Nope. last year was total opposite for us, Professor. We kept saying, what, what else could happen? You know, because things just kept getting crazy better, crazy better. Every, day, every time we turn around. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Things were getting just amazing things happening. And now all of a sudden it's like all this shit's happening. It's like, we getting our sevens? What's going on? You know, for every good it's thing. The happens, pendulum. The pendulum is swinging back. Yep. Yeah. Buy the dip. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still buying the dip. I've been buying the dip for three years. Come on. <laughs> so do you think... Do you think this has been an anomaly of like bizarre things happening or is this just real life now? Are we just going to have things constantly thrown at us? And is it going to continuously get worse? I did. We just hit the knee of the exponential yeah. curve of horrible shit. <laughs> All right. Maybe. It's got to get better. I mean, at the very least, at least Elon Musk is this much closer to taking us to the moon. Right, or Mars. Right. We're going to go hang out out there with our Bitcoin and let the earth explode in the background. And we're not going to have to worry about it. I mean, I'm yeah. gonna retire in a concentration camp or some shit. I, what the hell? Oh God! <laughs> it's a by, by choice? <laughs> no, <laughs> not by <It's> choice. Not. <laughs> I'll be in a. Uh, I'll be in a. You didn't take the vaccine camp. <laughs> yeah. Right, there right, we right. Go. All right. So let's talk about Ramona, the belligerent sheep. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> Goddamn Ramona. <laughs> no bitch. <laughs> just just be know, our friend. Yeah, <laughs> oh. She's a bit of a jerk. Yeah. Um, so so you, you've seen that I tried to get uh, decentralized autonomous lawnmowers that, that may have backfired. Yes, indeed. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have so an we, excellent research department. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we got four sheep just as the uh, quarantine or lockdown started. Um, and they've been ridiculously fun. But we've got, we've got five acres. So I thought like, this would be amazing. I won't ever have to mow the lawns ever again. Um, this is the smartest idea that I've ever had. Instead, they're actually a bit of work. We need to like move them from like the fields to the stable every day or twice a day. Um, and Ramona just doesn't, doesn't like us. I don't know. We're really nice. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> you don't have the right um, type of cookie. Oh, God damn it. Why do they want cookies? We've got so much grass. Just eat the grass. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we've got four sheep and one of them is a lamb and super, super, super cute. Um, but they just need to be better as lawnmowers. Um, some of the grass is getting a bit long and they're like, no, nah, it's too long for us. We don't care. <laughs> so, what's the point? There you go. So is the acquisition yeah, decision go. because of quarantine or was that unrelated? No, completely unrelated. Um, basically, I just didn't want to mow the lawn anymore. <laughs> My laziness has just created so much daily work for me. Uh, yeah, that's that's karma. It's a bitch. <laughs> it really is. It's right? called learning a life lesson when you were trying to not learn a life lesson. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, like, I, I really like decentralization. So instead of me walking around with a lawnmower or borrowing a tractor from my neighbor, I thought, like, let's just get some sheep. It works. Nice. Yeah. It works. You know, yeah. multiple things. They're friends, and you can eat them. And that's about it. <laughs> right. Just threaten her with pork chop or with yeah. lamb chops. I was going to say pork chops the wrong animal there, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chops. I'm going to make you eat these pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of an empty threat, though, because I'd have a hard time getting rid of the pork chops. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah I swear I'm these pork chops if I don't eat them first. <laughs> are you guys are you guys worried about like supply chains breaking down or any of that sort of stuff? Like have you noticed they already have and prices yeah. of things are getting ridiculous. You should see what it costs me to order laptops now. Prices are just just creeping up there. Um and it's been so a month since I ordered. Or is but that that supply chain? I'm oh, thinking right. it's demand at this at this point. I don't know that the supply chain is totally broken yet. Um, I don't think we had a long enough shutdown to totally fuck everything. They're starting to right. 
you know, but I, I think as long as we approach the next phase of this intelligently and don't have to shut down for so long, you know, maybe we can get through it. But then you look at it and say, well, how do we approach this intelligently? It's still a hard thing to figure out. It's not a cut and dry black and white solution, but um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have some trouble, but I think, I think we'll get through it. Okay. You know, a lot of things have gone up though. I mean, like pork, for instance, gone up 20, 20%. Beef has gone up 20%. Um, Eggs have gone up 10%. You know, I mean, just like a lot of your food staples have gone up bread, you know, all that stuff's gone up in price. Um, And, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to get even tighter for some, for certain things, you know? Um, And I think we're going to have that accordion effect because, you know, even though China might've started reproduction, you know, production of things that, that we always used to get from them and they shut down production and all of a sudden the, the surplus is gone. Right. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing that surplus ending. And so we're, we're at that accordion effect where now we have to wait for more things to be replenished. Um, so I, and that's a lot of, I, I think that's where a lot of pricing issues come in, you know, like the laptops. Yeah. The laptops should be, you know, relatively like the professor said, 1200 bucks, but you're paying 1500 because the demand is up and the supply is down because those parts weren't being manufactured for so long. Right. You know? And so that being said, I mean, most of our technological stuff comes from Asia. There's just no way around Mm -hmm. it. You know? Um, I mean, Sony for God's sakes, (laughs) you know, so yeah, I, I, I think I, I think this is gonna get a little bit tighter before it starts to loosen up a little bit. Um, you know, fortunately the states are starting to open their businesses again. Um, you know, so business is gonna start happening again. People hopefully will find jobs and yeah. get you know, the workforce will start getting back. Um, will we ever get back to normal? I hope not. I hope we don't go back to normal. I want better than normal. Right. right. I want better than where we were before because normal sucked if you think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, shit's evolving. People are changing from this. And we just heard on the radio this morning there was an advertisement for they are trying to get people to show up at the hotel for uh, repeat seminars to learn how to work remotely and do all this stuff. And they're trying to get employers to come and, and tra- learn how to train their employees to work remotely. Which well, shit, is that's a win win. Surprising. But yeah, exactly. It's, we have we have a massive ability to be almost totally remote in a lot of work fields or a lot of uh, fields and businesses are starting to realize that they've had to operate now for two or three months in some cases with totally remote employees. And they're starting to realize a lot of it is way more efficient. You know, they're seeing what's critical and what's not to be in the building. You know, for, for the starters, your morale is higher because people can work from home and, Oh, I want to take a break for a minute and they can just kind of walk into the kitchen and grab a pop or a soda or water or whatever, and go back to sit down at the computer. If they want to get up and stretch their legs, go let the dog out, you know, little things like that, that you normally wouldn't be able to do from work. You know, now you can do. And so, you know, I think it's, people are actually going to be more productive. Uh, in some instances, they're probably most instances working from home. Just think of the money savings. Just think of the money savings from both parties. You know, the 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 worker doesn't have to travel, doesn't have to fight traffic. The stress is less that way. You know, there's less chance of accidents. So what's that going to do? That's going to lower health care because he's actually healthier. He doesn't have to go into an environment where people are sick. Right. So there's that. And then it just, it just goes on and on and on. And look at the money that the employer is saving. He doesn't have to pay all this electricity of this big ass building to yeah. house all these people and then maintenance of the, the grounds. And you know, it's, there's just so many benefits to it. It seems silly that it wouldn't really take hold. If you continue that thought that changes the shapes of cities, Right. Absolutely. So everyone moves to the city so they don't have to commute because that's where their work is. If they don't need to work in a workplace, suddenly people don't need to live in the city or big cities. So you might get people moving to cheaper areas. Um, and employers, you know, I've heard of employers now that will say, you can work remotely, you can choose which state you want to live in, and we'll pay you according to the area that you choose to live so you know if you choose to live in san francisco you get paid more because you have to spend so much more on rent 
or if you move to Boise, then you don't get paid as much, you know, like, so, that, so like it could change the shape of how we live. Right. Oh, it absolutely I mean, it will. Change a ton of stuff. I mean, mm. the price of gas, just, yeah. just that alone <laughs> or the, or the environment, you know, from yeah. the, the lesser amount of traffic that's involved. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, mental health. It's crazy. The snowball that it can create. Yeah. And like, I do think companies, you know, obviously depending on the type of stuff they do have actually found that their employees are more efficient and more productive working remotely. And of course this doesn't apply to people who have small children around. Um, but yeah, like, like I'm, I spend a lot of time in zoom meetings and you know, you go from meeting to meeting to meeting and everyone is on time, but also people can multitask quite a lot as well. Um, where, you know, like when you're in a meeting with, you know, in a room, everyone's got to like physically get there and someone's always late and, you know, like, I don't know, there's a lot more, there's a lot less small talk in my life and I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's two people that are most excited about this remote work thing, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Right. Because when you start getting people moving out of the cities, and into the rural areas, you know, trying to get away from that high cost rent and all that stuff. Now you open it up to uh, more sophisticated roadways being built for autonomous vehicles and autonomous mm -hmm. delivery mechanisms and things like that. But also you'd need a car if you're living out. Right, exactly. In the city, you might not need one. Yeah. But you may still not need one because yeah. depending on what infrastructure gets built between now and then, to a certain extent, you're not going to need that. You're going to have Teslas or whatever that'll just come and pick you up, you yeah. know? Um, and then there will be the class of people that have a car and that car works for them. So they drive it when they need to, but when they go home at night and their car drops them off, it turns right back around and goes right back into the city and it starts Amazing. driving people around and they're just getting yeah. their little microtransactions in their crypto wallet. Yeah. So it's you really know, exciting. Yeah. All your, all your stuff starts working for you. You know, you can rent stuff out. You can start, you know, there, there's, there's even coins out there for sharing computing power and that kind of stuff. So uh, you talked earlier about sharing electricity. You know, you, you, you enable micro microtransactions for all of these little ecosystems and all of a sudden it becomes this magic thing and people start to realize why blockchain is important and why it's changing the world. Yeah, I mean, I, like I have seen a project, but I'm not sure if it really got off the ground, of neighbors uh, essentially renting out the stuff in their garage to their neighbors. Um, and I love that idea. Like, you know, like why does, why do each of us have to have a lawnmower or why do each of us have to have like a chainsaw or all that sort of stuff? Like if I can just rent it off my neighbor, rent it. that's yep. great. Rent why it. Not? You're my neighbor. You want to borrow it? Take it. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be neighbor, you know, it could be guy right. across town. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And you start implementing smart technology like in these lawnmowers. I like It'll that. be an electric lawnmower. Let's be realistic. It's going to be electric lawnmower. We're going to be 10 years yeah. in the future, right? Five years in the future. Yeah. And, and the mower has GPS. It knows where it's at. You scan the QR code and gives it the authorization to operate in that area within <laughs> these GPS coordinates. And so, you know, I mean, it sounds fucking crazy, but every, everything that exists right now, we can, we can make that lawnmower right now. Yeah, we can make it run off of crypto right now. Ports. There goes Bob's lawnmower running down the street. <laughs> deliver itself. Cut the <laughs> but actually, Obviously, that, it'll be that, delivered but, by okay, drone. Okay, let's take it the next step. It will yeah, right? deliver itself. It'll, it'll be delivered by drone. It'll just it's drop it off. Whether it's a drone or whether it's Little a fucking Roomba's running around car, everywhere, cutting it's everybody's It's going to do the same grass. thing. Instead of delivering a person, it's going to deliver a goddamn automated lawnmower. It's going to show up cut your grass i mean i love don't it. yourself don't shut yourself it. the future is going to be weird you might actually live to see some of it <laughs> i won't <laughs> you'd be surprised i think we're going to see some crazy fucking shit in five years right everything's speeding up so much i know we're going to see some crazy shit in about five weeks six weeks right so. you mean we've been seeing crazy shit for the last six months <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a year well let's what just hope that this podcast is not the same outcome as the Mayan prediction because we've got to end this. And I certainly <laughs> don't want the world to end. So let's hope we make it past Sunday. So if you guys are listening to this, the world didn't end. Exactly. Good job. Good job, you. everyone, on surviving the apocalypse. Yeah, good job on surviving. You get a <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> Another apocalypse. Fuck, that's all right. we need. Adam, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate you being on the show. This was a lot of fun, man. Really Thanks for having me. It was pretty good. Pretty good. I did have one last question. Do you listen to podcasts at all? I do. Or, you do? 
Have you yeah. listened to our show often? Yeah, well, not often, but a bit. Okay. I like it. You, okay. You've actually had some great guests, and then I was surprised that I got invited. So you were surprised. You know, yeah. Like yeah. looking through the guest list, like um, Rob Neely, like he's really smart. And then you've just got me on. What? I don't know anything about crypto. We're all about community. Mistake. It's about experience <laughs> the community, not experience the people that have managed to coerce a bunch of people into following them on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, good time, man. Good time. So thank you. Thank again you. And us and uh, you, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on Twitter. Awesome. Good podcast, guys. Thank you. Have a Thanks. good night. Bye. Take it easy. See ya. Peace. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Now I need to go outside and tear apart our rotor tiller the rest of the way. Oh, good for you. I need to go outside and yeah, I'm yeah. going to go outside. <laughs> just go outside. Yeah, just go outside. Yeah, it's some so top nice secret out. things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, top nah, secret. I'll probably do the I got that deck tomorrow. done today, finally. <laughs> nice. Took you like a week. Fuck, that was a big project. It took me three, two weeks, actually. Two weeks. Yeah, time has gone by so fast, man. I don't know. It has, know. you know, but I've been by myself on it. It's like, takes me longer. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're by yourself, you don't have another pair of hands. Yeah. You need like 18 sawhorses. Ah, it was crazy. We just need those construction assist drones. Stop. <laughs> just 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 stop. you just don't want to think about it pretty soon we'll just be 3d printing those decks you won't need me anymore but soon. it won't be the same you know it's not the it same won't. hell no it ain't there's some things that technology can't ever replace because there's a certain level i mean you can replicate the craftsmanship there's but a just certain level that of personality in everything yeah exactly it's just not the same no when, it's when not. there's a hundred of them or a million of them it's different, but when you made it yourself, it's just, you know, wild. I've tried to convince my customers that sometimes flaws are signatures. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that just proves that it was made by hand. Exactly. <laughs> that's all. Seriously. I like things with scratches and dents. Yeah. That, this customer's freaking out about the deck and all the surfaces. So, oh my gosh, there's a scuff on it. I'm like, really? after like the third or fourth time, you know, I'm like, seriously, if you're going to stress about this deck like that, I'm just going to pull it out now and save you the aggravation because it's a deck. Yeah, people are gonna walk on it with sand on their feet, and people are gonna gonna get scratched. It's just, it's a deck. It's a floor. It's outside. You know. Fucking hate people like that. God. That's like computer people that sit there, or or computer users that sit there and they click on every fucking thing, and then well, they that, like it doesn't open or it breaks, and they look at you like you did something. Right. Or or there's the person that says, "Oh, hey, look at my brand new couch." You go, "Oh, cool." You go to sit on. Oh no, no, we don't sit on it. Yeah. What, yeah. Wait, what? We just look at it. It's just there to look at? Uh, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's the display couch with the display <laughs> yeah, right. towels, and that's right. the used couch with the used towel. Yeah, well, give Not. me the mannequin, and I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd the mannequin come from? Shit. Display mannequin? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're just appearing out of nowhere. This is like the fucking Bride of Chucky or something. It is. It is crazy. All uh, right. It sounds like we better end this, or we're going to end up dead. I know, right? Yeah. Guys, have yourselves a great <laughs> night. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you get a chance, you're out and about, check out CoinFlip ATMs for your closest location and go buy you the dip, baby. Do it. CoinFlip.tech. There's a cool little map on there. You can even like put in your location and it'll pop up little dots that say, hey, here's a coin flip. So, you know, if you don't feel like doing the hard work, just do the easy work. Find a map. Find a coin flip. Go do it. Buy the dip. Don't buy the dip. Not financial advice. Do Not financial advice. Exactly. Just go get into crypto. Flip. That's that's advice. Take get a selfie. Crypto. Tag us on Twitter with a picture of you next to a coin flip. Oh, that'd be cool. Social distancing. All right, guys. <laughs> Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Peace.